It's time for Open Line Friday on the Andy Griffin Show. It's your chance to be heard, air your grievances, and take your shot. Only on Open Line Friday on the Andy Griffin Show. Hi there, I am Andy Griffin. Thanks for tuning in this morning. Yeah, your chance to... uh... Let's say what you got to say. 673-5890 is the phone number. 673-5890. I have a bunch of things lined up to talk about, but uh, it maybe doesn't fit what you want to talk about. Give me a call and, and we'll, we'll chat about stuff. Um, I, you know, I, I really, I really enjoy the open forum. When I, when I took this show over, it's been, uh, if you can believe it, it's actually been, I officially took over on February 1st, although I had been running some of the morning uh, show, the, the new cycle stuff earlier in the morning. So, uh, but uh, if you just go from my official uh, day that I took over after Mike McGarry retired, that's a February, March, April, May, that's four months plus a, a couple of weeks now. So four and a half months on this program. And, and uh, one thing I hope you've noticed as uh, you've listened to the program over these months is that I love to have guests on and I love to have experts on people who know a lot about their particular areas of, uh, of interest, uh, whether it's, uh, say, Ron Thompson from the Water Conservancy District or, uh, you know, the different mayors that we've had on the program, people that talk about, uh, I don't know, sex trafficking, uh, the wildfires, uh, the uh, St. George Police Department on the air. Uh, uh, to me, uh, instead of me getting up here and trying to be an expert on everything, which I am not, uh, I try to learn as much as I can about things, and then I bring the people that are experts on and uh, let them talk about the areas of their expertise. And uh, I feel like it's a really good format for this program uh, in in that uh, it informs, it educates, and at times is very entertaining. I know we had Dr. Doug Alder on earlier this week, and, uh, and he was incredibly entertaining. Great uh, storyteller, and uh, he said uh, one of the reasons that he's good at, at what he does as a historian and a storyteller is he is a ham. And I like that about it. I'm not really a ham. I'm not a ham it up kind of guy very often. Uh, my dad kind of is. Doug Alder kind of is at times. But, uh, yeah, that's not necessarily my thing, hamming it up. So it's good to have a ham on every once in a while. Not a Christmas ham, but a, a, a drama ham uh, on the program. Uh, but in having said that, I felt like it was important to preserve the integrity of Open Line Friday. Uh, because, uh, you know, we, we talk about these different topics and, and I ask you to call in on the program and talk about, uh, what that expert is on during the week, uh, what that topic is. But on Fridays, we, you know, we get an opportunity here to clean things up and just kind of talk about whatever's on your mind during the week. So if you want to talk to me, 673-5890, 673-5890 is the phone number. Uh, I'm going to throw a couple of topics out there. If you want to comment on those, feel free. Or if you've got something else on your mind, I do, I, I want to reserve the right to, to take the last about 15 minutes of this show to talk about Father's Day and Father's uh, subject. Do to my heart. Uh, but uh, yeah, Open Line Friday here on the Andy Griffin Show. Uh, first thing I wanted to chat about was uh, something that happened in northern Utah uh, earlier this week. It wasn't an incident, but a series of uh, behaviors and incidents that kind of called into question uh, exactly what it is we're all about. Um, it was Heber City, and the Heber City mayor and the Heber City Sat- City Council approved uh, the uh, 
you know, you know how you have the, the poles along the city streets. A lot of cities have this, and uh, you can put a banner or a flag or some kind of decoration up. A lot of times they'll do it up for Christmas and sometimes on the 4th of July and things like that. Uh, well, Heber City has these decorative poles up uh, throughout their um, the, the main part of the city. And by the way, I really like Heber City. I've been there. Uh, there's a couple of places uh, that uh, I love to go. There's a place called Granny's that uh, sells uh, an amazing burger and some amazing shakes. Uh, and then uh, and then there's a place uh, at a bakery in town there that sells uh, something called Donut Dogs. And if you don't know what a Donut Dog is, uh, well, I feel bad for you because it's amazing. It's it's basically a donut that uh, several donuts put, put together to make it look like a hot dog with red and yellow frosting representing ketchup and mustard. Anyway, that's, that's off topic here. Uh, anyway, back to Heber City. So uh, on these decorative poles, the uh, the uh, LGP. BTQ plus whatever community came to them, and they bought uh, uh, space on those uh, those poles to put pride flags up, the, the rainbow pride flags up, and um, so so the flags were up, and uh, Heber is a relatively co- conservative community, pretty religious, pretty conservative community, and when those flags went up all over town, uh, some people. They weren't happy. They, <clears throat> they, they said, I'm going to take them down. And, of course, the city said, well, you take them down, you're going to be arrested, which is what they would have done anyway if they caught them. But uh, basically the city said, look, they paid. We approved it. They're allowed to have these gay pride fla- flags up throughout the city. And like I said, there were a lot of people not happy, and, and some people even threatened this. So we're going to take them down. I don't care what the consequences are. If I see flags up, they're, they're going to come down. Well, they went ahead and put the flags up. The flags are up there. Nobody has taken them down yet. There's been some controversy talk in the news about what to do about this and things like that. Uh, and and uh, I just wonder now if we put those flags up in St. George, Utah, or in Washington City, or in Santa Clara, or Ivan's, or Hurricane, if you put, or, or Enterprise, if you put those flags up in your town, how would you feel about that? Does it bother you? It, and, and before you answer... Before you call in, think about this. They were they were very um, prominent. They were think Christmas, think the you know the Christmas lights and the and the wreaths and the things that go up at Christmas time. They were that prominent. They were up and I, I I don't know the number, but I would I would guess in excess of fifteen to twenty uh, pride flags uh, right in downtown Heber City. Now would that bother you? And, and now before you even answer that, let me ask you another question: What if someone paid? representing, say, the neo-Nazis, and they paid to have Nazi flags up. Would that bother you? What if they were um, uh, ISIS flags? What if they were, I don't know, uh, you know, uh, white supremacy flags? What if they were old Soviet Union, uh, USSR flags? You see where I'm getting at here? What, what? Where do we draw the line? I mean, I'm all for free speech, and it looked like Heber City wanted to make a buck. Uh, but at, at some point, when does it become a, kind of a hate thing? I mean, how can we say pride flags are okay, Nazi flags are not okay? Where, where's that line? How, who's drawing the line? Who, who's in charge of the line? I don't know who's in charge of the line. I'm not in charge of the line, and I don't know where to draw it. Uh, there are people out there who would be who are offended every Christmas when we put Christmas stuff out. 
Should the line be drawn before we get to Christmas decorations? I hope not. I love Christmas decorations. But you see what I'm getting at here? There, it's a, it's a slippery slope. Let's go to the phone lines and uh, let's see. And a couple people call in while I was uh, blathering on. And okay, see if I can push the right buttons. I'm getting I'm getting better at this. Yeah, caller, you're on with Andy. How are you this morning? Well, good morning, Andy. Morning. Good to hear your voice. What's what's on your mind? Oh, lots. First off, with this issue, there is a group out there called Super Happy Fun Americans. Yeah, I saw that uh, the other day on our news uh, news feed. I thought you were making it up when you called a few days ago. You're not making it up. It's actually out there. Yeah. They want to have a straight pride parade and a straight pride day. Not a month, just a day. Oh, hell no. No, 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 no. Intolerance, bigotry, hatred, homophobia. Don't you dare. Yeah. Remember, it's all about tolerance, diversity, inclusivity. But don't you dare talk about a straight pride day, but we can put our pride flags wherever we want, and if you touch them, why, it's a crime. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well you know, and I wonder if, if uh, say, say that group got together and said, we want to we buy flags in your town for hetero, hetero flags or, or middle-aged white guy flags. I wonder how that would yeah, go over. Yeah, ones that say super happy, fun Americans. <laughs> because that group is out there, and they would like to do that. I can just imagine what the LGBTQDZ plus MM whatever community would say. Because they are already saying it. Yeah. They'd be, they'd be angry. There would be protests. ACLU would be calling up lawsuits. In fact, the ACLU yeah. got involved in this thing up there, and the ACLU went so far as to threaten anyone. If you put, if you take down one of these flags, there will be lawsuits. I don't know if you saw that, but they, ACLU was very proactive in this deal. Yeah, and again, tolerance, inclusivity, diversity, fairness. Yeah. So when someone from the left says that, this is what they mean. You know, yeah. And I'm not going to brand all of the gay community this way, but the militant leaders of it, this is what they're doing. They're basically saying, out of tolerance, you will accept us. You know, not just accept, you will embrace, you will love, you will honor, you will revere. So how, how, how do we address this double standard? Because uh, I'm with you. It, it bothers me. It, it's bothered me for years because, you know what, I, I watched as, as the p- political correctness progressed, and you couldn't make jokes about this, and you couldn't make jokes about this. And it came down to the point where the only thing safe to joke about anymore in the, in the public uh, you know, forum was middle-aged white guys, especially if you're overweight. You can still make a joke about a fat white guy. That's okay. Oh, well, you can still make jokes about Christian white women. Yeah. That's that's perfectly that's your first amendment right. In fact, they, the sitcoms they're usually the ones that are made fun of the most. Yeah. So, you know, again, it comes down to these are the people that are always screaming tolerance, demanding tolerance, diversity, inclusivity, coexist, you know, the cute little bumper stickers. But it just does not seem to quite work out that way, but and this is kind of on a side note, but at the same time these are the same people that in New York Not the gay community, but the left, the progressive left. Mm -hmm. In New York, don't you dare even consider the thought of owning a firearm to defend yourself. Okay? Yeah. Don't you dare even think about doing that. And uh, while you're at it, um, we're going to have standing ovations when we pass a bill to abort children that are even after they're born. So 
Don't you dare talk about defending yourself. Don't even think about it. You don't have the right to do that. You don't have the right to own a firearm. Um, but abort all of the babies you want, the innocent, helpless babies that you want. Abort them as many as you want. And to top it all off, I couldn't believe it when I heard this. They have passed a law to where it is illegal in New York to declaw your cat. Yeah, I saw that. That's unbelievable. Because it's cruel. Oh, but aborting a baby isn't? <laughs> yeah. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. And so, yeah, I'll just say that's this is the kind of mentality that you have to deal with when it comes to this. So there you go. Yeah, frustrating. Thank you for the call today. I got like three right. people on hold. Appreciate it. All right, let's go back to line one. Seth, you're with us this morning. How are you, Seth? Uh, Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. You, you said that very well. You must be old school. I am, and backwards, uh, dosis alley, XB, stig, fragitelli, rufus. I'm going to have to take your word for it on that one. I Believe me, I memorized it. I had children. <laughs> <laughs> and I still have children. Um, tell me, uh, to the best uh, of your ability, what number, percentage-wide, does this LBGTQABC uh, represent? The last number I read was 8% of the United States. 8%. Whoa, it's really exploding, huh? Yeah. Okay, because it used to be three or four or, or you know, in, in the days gone by. Now, in the military, now, once again, I have to preface this that I'm a dinosaur. <laughs> and when I was, when I enlisted at 16, um, if you were gay in the military you would be immediately drummed out of the service because it was considered a security risk. Right. Uh-huh. Right, I'd heard that. Th that yeah. didn't affect the the uh, executive officer captain that assaulted me, though. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, in my very short lifetime, we've gone to a situ from a situation where this was, oh, by the way, uh, when I graduated from the U, with a degree in psychology, you could look up these deviations from sexuality, and they were considered mental disorders. Yeah, I remember the day. Okay. So we've gone from being drummed out of the service, we've gone from a mental disorder to a badge of courage, but on the other hand, 92% of the population of this country find it offensive, and especially in the Christian community. Right. All right? I think the Bible, as I can't quote the information, the direct quote, but it's pretty obvious that uh, Christian sort of people should not, or as far as, there, as, far as the Bible is written or interpreted, um, this is something that's not approved. Right, right, now, absolutely. It, and it used to be in the LDS community, you would be excommunicated? Correct. Uh, well, that's just ancient history. Who cares? Yeah. What yeah. I really care about is what did you think of the meeting um, yesterday? I'd like your comments, please, with the water board. Well, you know, I, I think that... Uh it was interesting when it got toward the end and they were starting talking 
started talking about financing, that kind of made my ears perk up a little bit because uh, the, the truth of the matter is it's going to co- cost a lot more than it says it's going to cost. And you're talking about getting loans and, fi- and financing and, and things like that. I thought that was, that was fascinating. Uh, but the one thing that I kind of look at it as far as the financing is concerned is, well, it's only going to cost more if we wait. So if we are going to do this, then sooner is better than later, isn't it? Well, no. Uh, especially, and and you had a copy of the primary water uh, indicators. And by the way, I spoke to all the shakers and movers yesterday, and there was one shaker and mover there. And I hope Alan doesn't mind. Alan Gardner, a previous county commissioner, who's done a quite a good job for Washington County, and he has property in Pine Valley, and he has property on the Arizona Strip. And he indicated to me that he was drilling and doing the geophysical work to locate primary water. Mm-hmm. Now, if a county commissioner is, uh, and I'm 100% if he's listening, I would like to certainly visit with him and, uh, and maybe even go to the drill sites to talk to the people who are doing and the engineers. And there's no need four, three, or four, or whatever the number of billion dollars are going to be spent mm-hmm. uh, to build all of this and go through all the uh, hoops and everything when we could, in fact, drill our own wells in Washington County that would produce all the pure, clean water we ever needed. Let me ask you, Seth, and, and, and I, I see what you're saying, and I don't know, I'm not expert enough to, to offer an opinion on it, but I will say this. Why did they, why haven't they considered that then? If if that is a, a viable option, why why isn't it a you know why isn't it near the top of the list? Well, they they went to this place where there are priests uh, in black robes that run a religion, and it's called academia. <laughs> and they were all taught the dirty, the dirty water hydrological cycle, and that bought drilling down forty five hundred feet. Is, is just beyond there. My well that I drink out of, no, I don't drink anything that comes out of the Water Conservancy District. I drink distilled water. Uh, is 400 feet. Now, that water has percolated through sandstone. It's just loaded with all kinds of uh, uh, total dissolved uh, uh, solids in it. And I'm drinking it, and we consider this uh, Jim Dandy water, except it doesn't work for me. I need something that's clean. Yeah. So they've all been schooled, and when I talked to the said guy, he says, this goes against all of my training. And when I talked to the state guy, he was, le- he was less inclined to go that way and more willing to say, well, gee, I'll look at this. Gee, I'll try to find out what Israel knows, and Israel has been down 6,000 feet pulling up this exact water, and they now no longer have to desalinize, or do they have to uh, uh, look for aquifers because they've tapped into the source of water that God provided for us. There's never a scarcity of food or water or air or money. Um, It's uh, our creator, if you believe in that, has indicated we sent our children to a place of plenty. Mm. 
Yeah. Okay, and when you talk scarcity, you're talking about the adversary who wants to make us concerned and worried and hurt each other and kill each other uh, over things that should be abundant. Right. Amen. I'm going to jump Amen. off this huge soapbox <laughs> and and thank you. By the way, I hope Steve doesn't mind, but the fellow who was talking about um, the cost of this, which should be number one in everyone's mind, sure. was Steve. He's a con- he's a caller. Yeah, yeah, he does call quite often. All okay, right. yeah, I got so, people people on hold. Thank you, Seth, though, for the information today. It was thank good to you, talk sir. To you. Good to talk to you. All right, caller, you're on with Andy on the open line Friday. How are you today? Are you there? Oh, I hate to. I, well, they were so patient on. There's another person on hold here that we'll go and we'll go back to them. Yeah, hey, you're on with Andy. How are you this morning? Hi, Andy. Hey, good to talk to you. What's up? What did that famous person say? Drill, baby, drill. Drill, baby, drill. Yep. <laughs> I don't think myself, though. But anyway, a couple subjects you touched on there about the flags. Yeah. Okay. Now, what happened? What would have happened if they would have run up Confederate flags? Ooh, oh boy! <laughs> there would there would be a lot of complaining, and I'm going to use a nice word for complaining because it would have been the other word. There would have been a lot of that going on. Yep. We can't have anything that shows our history. So, I think this is a way of rewriting history. Now we're supposed to accept all this, and Seth kind of got into it, and so I won't. But. Does it does it make does it make you wonder? Say twenty years from now, fifty years from now, what the history books are going to say about two thousand and nineteen? Uh, we were idiots. I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> you might but be right anyway. on that one. But what I really wanted to get to, you guys have been running on your little news clip. One hundred and ten thousand illegal aliens known in Utah. Yeah, which is, uh, if you do the math, Utah's got, what, 2.5 million, close to 3 million people. So that, that gets it around, what, 4% or something like that, 3 or 4% of the state's population are illegal aliens? So pretty much everybody's just throwing their hands up, even our city. You know, unless they break a law, we're not interested in it. So Kind of, yeah. You, you look at a lot of these murders and killings and rapes, and seems like the brown people... Because Mexicans, Latin Americans are responsible for this. And we're looking the other way for 110,000 of them. You know, there's a lot of good ones out there. A lot of them working hard under the table, I'm sure. But we're giving them a pass, and they're coming over our border still like crazy. And it's costing us billions of dollars. Well, and, and, and again, something we've talked about on this show is is they're not not only all that stuff, but the fact is that they're not vaccinated for the diseases, the modern diseases that we have all but eradicated. They're coming in here unvaccinated, and they're making some of the people uh, in, in that are here legally sick and even even dying. So, so even with all the other stuff you mentioned, there's that factor as well. Oh, and that just touches on you know the, what is it? The measles are a big one right now, but they got two or three different ones down there in L.A., I guess, they're talking about the plague. I guess that's because of the terrible conditions that the homeless people are living under. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's just this flag thing just bugs me. You know, here we are. I have some heritage down in the south, you know, and I fly their flag proudly because I had some relatives 
they weren't slave owners, you know, but they were called to duty and they did their duty and they got killed. Yeah. And here we are desecrating our those flags. You can't even have one in your backyard without being looked at by the neighbors. So. Yeah, and, and you know, and it, it's tough because because they fought for they fought for free speech, they fought for freedom. And, and you know we don't want to restrict freedom, but at the same time they're restricting freedom back toward us. The, the, you know the liberals are saying, "Well, you can't fly a Confederate flag, but we're going to fly a pride flag." And we're going to march and in your face, and if you say yeah. anything, you're the bigot and the hater. And a parade. Really yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have a good all right. Thanks, thanks for the call. Appreciate it today. Uh, all right. If you're on hold, folks, I've got to get this weather break in. Uh, be patient. I will get to you as soon as we get back from this weather uh, weather break. But thank you for calling today. It's Open Line Friday on the uh, Andy Griffin Show. Open it's line. time for Open Line Friday on the Andy Griffin Show. It's your chance to be heard. Air your grievances and take your shot. Only on Open Line Friday on the Andy Griffin Show. Yeah, I jumped the gun a little bit there. It is Open Line Friday, and we've had a couple of people be really patient on hold. Uh, caller, you're on with Annie. How are you this morning? Doing well. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for calling, and thank you so much for being patient through the commercial break. No problem. I just am adding my my purview to your subject as far as the uh, LGB flags. Uh-huh. My question to you and to the public is, why are they able to do this? Well, Why are they successful in their desires? Well, you know, they, they asked the city council. I mean, if we go this specific instance, they asked the city council if they would be okay with that, and then they, they actually paid for the space. So as far as, as far as I know, they're, they're able to do it because they paid for it and because uh, the city council said okay. All right. Well, my point is, with Seth saying, there's a, and you saying, 8% in the nation, and everybody is complaining about why they get to do it and we don't bottom line is the problem is apathy yeah if there's something that you're concerned about you stand up and you take action don't sing it bring it you say it's a talk show well (laughs) we can talk all we want but this is a pattern of a collective consciousness because you say this is what they're doing they're doing they're doing has it's all points back to you. What are you doing? And each individual has got to find out what's your character, what you stand for, and then take action. And if the city of Heber got involved and went to their councilman, it's the majority that wins. And so you keep standing up and standing up and standing up until just exactly like these people with the LGBT or anyone else that's getting action. They are the ones who are smart because they take action and intimidate you. And so 92% of the country and 92% of our city or whatever are backing down and are spineless. So it all develops upon you as a character. Stand up, show up, speak up, and take action. Ta-da! I like that. I, I, in fact, I'm going to put that on my wall. Don't sing it, bring it. I love that. Exactly. That's that, that's a great, great theme to live by. I will say this. You, you mentioned that word intimidate. And, and, and I think that's what's 
maybe causing a lot of people to be apathetic or to be in, you know, to, to not want to act is because if you come out against something like that, then all of a sudden you're the bad guy. That's the way society has gone lately. And, well, so what? Where is it posted? Oh, my goodness. Somebody said something against me. I got to run and hide. Where yeah. is that posted to run backwards? You go forward. And thank God for our military and our first responders and everything else. If they behave the way the majority does, we would be lost. So you know what? Become an adult, become an active individual, and if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. So it's back to each individual, and we are the power, and this, what will history say? History doesn't write itself, this stupid word, history. It is not an an individual. It's humans that write history, and they write history according, according to their purview. So it's all an opinion. It's right. like, what are you going to do today, and what is the example you're setting as an American, as a parent, as an example? So are you all talk? Are you all action? And that's where it comes down to. Get it done. Nice. Show up. Show up at your city council meetings. People show up. And you don't have a right to whine if you don't show up. And go whine to them because the council should be listening to you. And if it's a mass of the city, that's what they're there to represent. Okay. I'm off my soapbox, too. (laughs) Thank you so much for calling. I enjoyed it. Take action. Okay. All right. Take care. Bye. Caller, you're on with Andy. It's Open Line Friday. What's on your mind? Good morning. Well, first of all, I'd just like to... uh uh, say that I agree with what the uh, previous caller just said. That was uh, that was a mouthful, and I think everybody uh, would be wise to listen to it. Uh, two things, if I might. The the flag, you know, I talked about this a couple weeks ago when we were talking. Um, you know, the LGBT LMNOP group, uh, they have appropriated uh, the word gay, which uh, I'm quite gay today. I'm quite happy. It's a great day. Yeah. Uh, that. That rainbow flag is not a pride flag. That is a symbol that God gave us that he would never destroy the earth again with water. That is a biblical, historical um, symbol that goes back a couple thousand years. Why do we allow the LGBT, LMNOP crowd to steal uh, one of God's symbols? And so if I drove through Hebrew and I saw all these flags flying, it would remind me of God and his promise that he gave us. And if everybody would quit allowing the, uh, the LGBT group to, to steal our symbols and steal our words, uh, I think we could push back on It's not their, that's rainbow doesn't belong to them. Andy, when you look up in the sky and see a rainbow, do you think about homosexuality? No, I do not. I don't either. I think of God's promise. And so, you know, we just need to take back what is the truth about this. And so, you know, I, there's a lot more I could say about it, but I really called about, I'd like to ask you, if you knew that the government was doing something immoral, would you support the government in that? <sighs> no, I wouldn't support them in that, no. I, I wouldn't say I would comp- not support the government completely, but... Uh, no, and, and, and that's why I was clear about it. Would yeah. you, on that issue, would you not support them? No, I would not. Okay, so if I were to... Uh, go get a credit card and max it out, and then go get another one and max it out with no intention of ever paying it. Uh, you know, I have 15 credit cards, and I've maxed them all out. Would you consider that an immoral act? I would, and, and in fact, it would make me angry because I've lived my life, my wife and I have lived our life in such a way that we feel like that is wrong and you shouldn't do that. Okay, so the government just announced that they spent $3 trillion between 
uh, October of 2018 and May of 2019. $3 trillion. They wow. brought in $2.2 trillion. Uh-oh. That doesn't, the math doesn't work. It doesn't work very well, does it? No. So we're short $750 billion. And, you know, most people, I don't, you know, I don't think that these numbers are so big it's difficult to visualize them. But so, and that was just in eight months. We've still got four more months of, of this uh, fiscal year to go. Our government does, did exactly what I just said. The only thing is they've got a big credit card and they just keep using it. And when it starts to hit a limit, they just vote to increase it and we just keep on spending. I just don't understand, since money is such an integral part of everything that we do, how is it that we allow our government in our name to continue to spend money that we don't have, put it on a credit card, attach that to our grandchildren, and we just go on like there's, you know, it has no consequence. We are destroying our country through our government spending money, putting it on the credit card that we don't have. Why is it that there's not more uh, pushback on this? You know, it's like the previous caller said. Uh, I've talked to our, our uh, representative, our senators. I've talked to uh, Chris Stewart. And when I bring this up, their eyes glaze over because mm-hmm. we've been doing this for so long. It's just second nature for them. Just yeah. spending money we don't have is the way we do things. Well, And, and that's what I was going to say. That, that's the problem that I think you're, you're pointing out here is that our eyes glaze over. It It is business as usual. And we don't even, I think as Americans, we don't even, most of us conceptualize it. We're just like, yeah, they've been doing it this way for so long. It, it's never going to come due. So what's the big deal? Exactly. But it is going to come due. And I know that, that you know, it, again, it's so difficult because you don't get a bill in the mail for your portion of it. That's $750 billion divided by the $350 million of us that there are is $21,000 each True. that the government spent beyond what they took in. Andy, you have a fixed amount of money that comes in annually for you. And if you spent, you know, a multi, multiple beyond that every year, you would be bankrupt, no one would loan you money, and you would be a disgrace. Yeah. Our government does that exact same thing, and we say, ho-hum. Yeah, and, and I guess my question is, where, who do we owe that money to? Well, we owe a lot of it to the Chinese. China. We owe a lot of the money to uh, Japan and others who have been uh, funding our uh, our extravagant spending. Because, you know, uh, earlier today there was some conversation on another radio program uh, about taxation. And the problem is is that even the state of Utah gets $4 billion a year from the federal government. Otherwise, we couldn't balance our Utah budget. We brag about how we have a balanced budget. Every yeah. that's, that's nonsense. We couldn't do it if we weren't getting $4 billion a, a year from the federal government. You're right. And so, you know, at some point, and it could start with the governor, just say, no more. We're going to live within our means, just like you and I have to, Andy. But we, we're so addicted to this that, um, you know, there is going to come a time because the, the Chinese are going to stop taking our paper for real stuff. We send Japan paper, and they send us cars. They send us electronics. There's going to come a point when they realize, well, actually, they already have. That's why they're uh, currently uh, exchanging between each other in their own currency. But this is going to blow up, and we're entering another point right now. You probably, I don't know if you follow it, but the Fed's about ready to lower interest rates back to zero again to try to juice this thing. 
it is going to blow up. And I, I just wish that we could get people, just like the previous caller said, stand up, push back, do not allow our government to destroy our economy, because that's exactly what they're doing. I was, I was thinking as you were talking about the state taking money from the feds, uh, it's, it's like you've got a grandparent that, or, or a parent that is extremely in debt. Uh, you know they're headed for bankruptcy, and they offer you twenty bucks and say, "Here, you know, go go to the movies," and, and you know, and if you're a kid or or even a, an adult and and you're accepting that money, you're contributing to the problem, and it may feel good, and you're riding the gravy train for a while, but eventually bankruptcy is going to happen for Grandpa. You know, that's a great point, and that's what we all do, too. When we take all of these supposed freebies, nothing's free. Somebody has to eventually pay for everything. Yeah. And so when all of us take all of this free, supposed free money, we have to understand that what's happening is your Uncle Sam is actually putting all of that on a credit card. They're not paying for it. They don't have the money to pay for it. They're simply putting it on the credit card, the old you know, saying, kicking the can, that's, that's old anymore, kicking the can down the road. We've been mm-hmm. doing that for so long. It almost seems like that's a normal process. Oh, well, let's just kick the can a little further. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just a, it's immoral what our government is doing in our name. Good call. Listen, I got a couple of people on hold. Thank you for the, Thanks. thank you for the call today. Good to talk to you. Caller, you're on with Andy on Open Line Friday. How are you today? Hey, good morning, Andy. Morning. Uh, we're out of time here. I can see that already, but uh, I would like to weigh in real briefly on that uh, rainbow covenant yeah. uh, that God gave mankind. Uh, he saved eight people and destroyed every living being on earth uh, for the same problems that this flag allegedly represents today, the freedom oh, wow. of sexual choice. Isn't that uh, ironic? Wow. I, it, you took the word out of my mouth. It's a, it's a drastic irony that these people have taken this symbol that was we used as a covenant. I promise never to destroy you again because you were a bunch of useless uh, di- divergence from my original plan. And, and now here it is. They've erected that symbol up to represent themselves. Uh, it's kind of curious. Yeah, anyway, have a great weekend. All right. I, I have so many things to talk about, but we just don't have time, and I don't want to eat up your clock. So all appreciate right. all your things you're doing there, Andy. Yeah, have a th- good weekend. Thanks for the call. Good to talk to you. Yeah, bye-bye. You know, uh, that, that uh, begs the question, maybe their next symbol will be salt, because remember uh, Lot's wife was turned into a pillar of salt for looking back on Sodom and Gomorrah? It's food for thought there. Caller, you're on with Andy. How are you this morning? Yeah, two points real quick. Sure. Back in the 60s and 70s, that flag represented the happy time of the hippies. No, it did, didn't it? <laughs> yes, it did. So they stole it, you know, second time from there. And the other thing, you know, all these people that are loaning this money, yeah. where do they get it from? They get it from us. We give it to them a foreign aid, and they give part of it back. That's right. Yeah, they're they're loaning us money from the money that we gave. Yeah, it, it, it kind of right. blows the mind, and, doesn't and, it? And, and then we have to pay them interest on it. Yeah. Yeah, go figure. <laughs> yeah, that's like like, like Uncle Vinny. Yep. All right. Thanks for the call. Appreciate Take it. Care. Caller, go ahead. You're on with Andy on Open Line Friday. Good morning. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm just fine. I'm going to go off subject. Uh, I remember a few months ago, I believe it was, when I think it was Mayor Pike was on with you and or 
started talking about our recycling program and the fact that they really don't have anybody who's taking our recycled products anymore. Right. Uh, what do we know about that? Well, they, it actually came up about a week ago with Mayor Pike again, and uh, honestly, he said he said at this point they're only buying the metals, uh, you know, aluminum and tin and things like that. Uh, China, who was the biggest customer for buying the paper goods, has stopped buying paper, and <laughs> and so at this point, uh, a lot of the recycling we we're doing, I think, is is kind of pointless. That's what I was wondering, you know, as I was scrubbing out a plastic dish, mm. I thought, why am I doing this? Yeah. I'm wasting water now. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't want to forsake the recycling program, but I know Mayor Pike said, I think it's about three weeks from now, they're going to have a big kind of powwow city meeting about recycling, and, and, and along with Washington City and some of the other cities in the area, and make some decisions. Because at this point, when you see the recycle trucks, go out to the dump and just dump their quote-unquote recyclables makes you question the whole program, doesn't it? It certainly does, yep. Yeah. All right. Okay, well, thank you. Thank you for the call today. It's good to talk to you. Uh Uh-huh. Bye-bye. See you. It is 9.53 on News Radio 94.9, 890 KDXU. Uh, I do need to get a commercial break in here, and I want to spend just a minute talking about dads with Father's Day uh, coming up this weekend. I uh, do want to mention Joe, Sh- Joe Shoney. He is a local loan consultant uh, specializing in customer service. You look online for the reviews on him, 4.9 out of 5 stars. If you if you were going to rent a hotel room and you got, you got the reviews on it and it was 4.9 out of 5, you'd be in that hotel room so fast. I know I would. So uh, here's a couple of the reviews this is a let's see clint from Layton, he said joe's always on task and always communicating the status of the loan communication is key to closing on time and joe makes it really really easy uh this is patrick from cedar city he said their willingness to work with my unpredictable schedule is fantastic and uh, louise says as a first-time home buyer i knew little of the ins and outs of buying a home joe and his pleasant efficient staff made the process smooth and easy how do you get a hold of joe it's a First of all, phone number, 435-590-6300. That's 590-6300. You can email Joe, joe.shoney at nafinc.com. Tribute to Dad's coming up right after this timeout. Running short on time on the program today, I did want to say, uh, first of all, I'm grateful for my dad with Father's Day coming up this weekend. I wanted my, my dad to know that I love him, number one. And number two, I know that he did his best. Not always, not always his best because we're human, but he was a great father, and I really appreciate what he, everything that he's done for me over the years. Uh, and now I have a little thing I want to read that uh, is a tribute to fathers uh, by Glenn Millett, and I, I had some hand in putting this together as well. It's, uh, what can we as fathers do with our remaining years? This is to all the dads. We can't turn back the clock. Any and all missed opportunities cannot be reclaimed. Some fathers live with regrets while others know they did the best they could. I don't know of too many dads who deeply feel like they've been perfect. In our younger adult and middle-aged years, we had a lot on our plates. We were trying to make it in our jobs and keep food in the house and roof over our heads. Most of the time, we were juggling long hours. Most of us tried to do the best we could. The best you can do with your remaining years is to love your children and grandchildren and others. Call them on the telephone. Visit them every chance you have. Engage in personal conversations. Talk to them about their lives and what they're doing. Give advice, but you know, don't overdo it, Dad. Try to remember how well you listened to advice and when, when you were 30 years old. Help your family as you can, but if you do it all the time, you will cripple them. 
What are your children going to do then when you are gone? They have to make it financially and emotionally. Birds must learn to fly on their own, and so do our children. Most anyone can go through a lot of money in a year or two if they don't know how to budget and live thrifty. Now, dads, find opportunities to engage with family as you can. Sometimes a day trip in a car with the radio off provides a lot of casual opportunities to talk about old times and new times. Casually let your children in on things you have learned in your life. They might remember them later on down the road. Ask them to tell you what they've learned, and you will probably discover your child is going through some of the same stuff you did at his or her age. As a father, keep it balanced. How many years do you have left? I see old dads who spend every day with their children and grandchildren, and maybe this is what you want. Personally, I don't think it's healthy for anybody. Husbands and wives need to stay emotionally connected, and this means taking time to go out of town by themselves. Whether it's vacation, hobbies, or simply maintaining an independent life, I've seen too many dads move in with their kid, and then soon the child is controlling dad's checkbook and telling dad how to spend his money. The next move, of course, is finding a home for dad, which means assisted living or a nursing home. Mm, We don't want that either. Keep your independence. Keep driving. Do daily activities to keep strong. Keep learning. Eat healthy if you can. It's not always easy when you get free donuts, right? See good doctors and stay away from the bad ones. And finally, be a good, happy, loving, and independent father. That's probably the best gift you can give your children this Father's Day. Yeah, be happy, be loving, be independent, and don't overdo it. I'm a dad. I, you know, I, I remember from my youngest days uh, wanting to be a dad. I wanted, to be, I wanted my kids to look up to me. I wanted to do something that made my kids proud. And in turn, I wanted to see them do things that made me proud. That was one of my goals early on. I know you're not all that way. We're not all that way. Some of you don't want to be parents. Some of you don't like being parents very much. Some, people don't, some of you don't like being grandparents. But I always wanted to be a dad. And I'm not condemning you if, you, if you, maybe that's not your goal. But I can tell you this. I love being a dad. I love having a dad. I, I, I rue the day when my dad is gone. I hope that's not, not anytime soon. But I love being a dad. I love my kids. And I love that we celebrate dads on this fine Father's Day weekend. I want to wish you a happy Father's Day. I'm Andy Griffin. This has been the Andy Griffin Show. We'll talk to you on Monday.